Welcome to Get to Biz, a podcast where we discuss business, spirituality, and life motivation for everyday living. We're here to help you navigate through life using these down-to-earth principles and up-to-date knowledge. Now, without further ado, let's get to biz. Hello, everyone. Hey, thank you for joining us again for another segment or episode of Get to Biz. Uh, We're kicking off season two. You know, we were fortunate to have a season one uh, last year. And this is our first episode. We're going to call this a mini series because it's going to come out in a few different parts. And I'm your host, Bryant. I'm here with my co-host, Tony. And as always, we get the biz. It's about business motivation, education, and hopefully a little bit of fun. So we have back with us, he was blessed us last year at the beginning of season one uh, with some industry insights. It's one of the executives at the largest hospitality brands in the world. Uh, we have Sean with us today. And last year when we talked to Sean, he talked about what things or how COVID was changing his business dynamic. And what I'd like to do, you know, I'll give a little bit more info about Sean, but him walk us through, now that we, it's been pretty much about a year ago, what things have changed in the industry uh, what things have changed in his organization and how has COVID impacted him? And then it was, and how does he think about the community and society at whole? We're pretty much in a holding pattern from last year. We're not calling it shelter in place, but we pretty much still have a, the same restrictions. Uh, people are managing their lives a different way. People are working from home. And so we'll dive into that. And so if you look on the screen, I also have our sound engineer, Mr. Charlie, with us. Uh, he's going to guide us through this and make sure that uh, hopefully all the audio and everything and video comes through clearly. So with that, um, you know, Tony, you want to give a shout out to our fans? Hey, fans. Hey, good to be back with you guys. It's been a long time, but we'll pick up just like we left off. You know, man, it's crazy. It's been a year already, huh? Yeah, yeah. How, how time flies when you're not moving anywhere. Go figure. I hadn't been flying, but it's still moving. Uh, <laughs> so it's true what they say. Time waits for no one. Waits I know in no Texas, they, they lift the mandate, the mask mandate. How about you guys? Anything? <laughs> Everything's still the same up there. With you guys. <laughs> they opened Chicago back up a little bit, but uh, not nowhere near where it needs to be. So uh, I was actually uh, watching some news out of Texas uh, this morning, and they were talking about how the governor opened up the state. And at first I thought it was just a no max mandate, but he's opening businesses back up to 100% capacity. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's going from zero to 100 real quick. And when I think about that, it's like, what point are you trying to prove? What are, what are you trying to do? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of pros and cons in between there. You know, uh, right. It's, it's, you think it's too rushed, too, too quick, huh? I mean, you know, he knows that the governor knows that state better than I do. I don't reside in that state. But I mean, you go from a mask mandate and limited capacity of theaters, business, restaurants, et cetera, to all overnight, 100%. Uh, you may be inviting a little bit of trouble or, or hard shift and a hard change. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, in this time that people have been doing this for a year, hopefully they can kind of self-manage themselves. You know what I mean by that? It's like, you know, you, you kind of, you know to keep your distance because it's worked for mm-hmm. you before. You know to wear a mask. You know to wash your hands and all those things. Now, if people do that, then I think we'll be fine. I always look at this, and I'm going to continue to keep it on the South. That'll be my test. You know, I think this is kind of a test case for the country and maybe the world. Can you go from, masking, social distance, living capacity to a full on, hello world, here I am. So we'll get to see, we'll learn through the great state of Texas um, how this goes. 
and so hopefully well, I, I can say this people still putting their mask on they're not <laughs> well, well that's good they're, they're, they're terrified man i mean so they're you know i think it's just the freedom of not being able to wear it or you know that consideration of like hey you're an adult you don't have to wear it but i think they're more appreciative of that aspect than than anything but you know i guess the thing is uh when will they be able to open up i mean it's been a year now <clears throat> like we said that that time has flown by i mean yeah. last march all of our lives just changed dramatically you know and it was like a, a dump of cold water on, like taking a cold shower on us so you know i guess the thing is is that you know we spoke spoke before about businesses and uh you know how they're getting affected uh with the COVID uh being down you know being down for COVID and uh you know people been put in poverty situations so i guess you know i look at it as a a good thing you know but i guess it's it's gotta happen sooner or later you know what i mean and then they say the the COVID is down right now like the I guess the, the number of incidents. Yeah, the number of incidents have been down dramatically. But it's plateaued so. though. That's my concern because the it was dropping and now the numbers have plateaued. So that just means it's it hasn't stopped. It hasn't continued to drop. So that means it can go back up and that's the scary part. So you know what the crazy part is? What happened to flu though? What happened to the flu season? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't hear those words no more. Well, you know I mean, yeah. like influenza. Like you know, you don't hear that, those term those terminologies anymore. So it's like. COVID got rid of it. Yeah, when you dive into some of the numbers here, you know, again, about this being about business and insight and education, you look at the business, the industry around cold, cough, and flu is struggling right now. That industry is taking a hit of well over 25% declines in units and dollars. So you can say, when I say that COVID has kind of eradicated or reduced that, you can just mm-hmm. look at the numbers. It's because people are doing things a little bit more responsibly about their social distance by force or by yeah. choice. And so it's driving a lot of that. And then speaking of numbers and, and getting Sean into that's, that's interesting. Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Um, and so that's that's just some of the, the this is real metrics out there. You can look them up. Mm-hmm. That coal incidents are down, flu incidents are down. Uh, the business segment itself is down. Mm-hmm. And you know, we hear so much about COVID, you would kind of intuitively think that, well, if we have this many millions of people with COVID, it has very similar symptoms to the cold and flu then wouldn't we still be selling those type of medications to help offset those symptoms? Right. The answer to that question is yes. But what you don't know is that there are high, much a uh, higher number of incidents of cold and flu than there are of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily, so it's not enough people with COVID to offset the declines in those particular businesses. Now, what is trending up is when you think about things, when you look at it, uh, segments around immunity, we all know that whether it's fueled by media or our own belief in vitamin C, uh, elderberry and all these other types of things that people are taking. And so that, that business is booming. So those type of things, so it's shifted to immunity. So if you look overall, it's flat, the cough cold is definitely taking a hit. Mm-hmm. And, and as we talk about the numbers uh, and bringing this back to Sean, you know, cause I always love talking to this young man, any chance I get, Absolutely. you know, he gave us, yeah, he gave us a number, um, last year that'll tie into this and maybe he can give some insight on as the states start lifting their bans if he's Mm -hmm. seeing a business trend change so one thing he told us last year was startling to me he said uh, again being in the hospitality industry so you think about that that's your hotels catering convention centers all the things where people gather he said that segment or that market was down 90 percent right around Mm -hmm. this time last year yeah so i'm gonna turn it over to you sean to see like so on those on those two points just so we can keep a good flow here 
Mm-hmm. Uh, have the business dynamics changed in the industry? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing as people or states open up? And then how are you kind of planning uh, going forward? Yeah. Yeah, it's, and thanks for inviting me back. I really appreciate it. Um, I get excited to talk about this stuff. So this is uh, this is fun for me. Um, our industry took that hit. And as we went through the year in 2020, we really thought we were going to get back to a sense of normalcy a lot quicker. And we didn't expect um, this thing to kind of carry on to the level it's carried on. And it really started to impact 2021's business as early as Q3 of last year, because there was a lot of a traditional business travel and conferences and different organizations that would set up things uh, on our properties where we weren't seeing those bookings start to happen. Mm-hmm. So we knew 2021 was going to start off different, but what we were very optimistic about, we continue to be very optimistic about is China, right? So China has started to come out of the pandemic. They've had some stops and starts, but they've started to rebound out of the pandemic a lot faster mm-hmm. than most areas of the world. Most importantly because they're used to dealing with things like this it was nothing for them to mask up right (laughs) and so they were able to really take control and get things back under under control and in order sooner so we started to see that particular region start to rebound and we saw how the the lifts and the changes in the business start to happen and it's given us a lot of um, encouragement Uh, heading into this year it's really starting to pick up right as the vaccine starts to hit more people are getting vaccinated we are starting to see bookings and travel start to come back um we've seen some very encouraging signs as of late in the industry that people are planning that late spring or early summer fall those vacations and those stay window and those booking periods are starting to pick up and people are getting back out there i um believe it was Marriott CEO before he passed away um, his expectation was you know if, if you're planning to travel this year get out there and do it and book it soon because prices are going to be interesting and I, I think reading the tea leaves what he was saying um, prices are going to go up yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right you gotta, you gotta you compensate for it, that deficit yeah, <laughs> yeah business travel's not coming back and that's a, a very large portion it's, it's coming back but it, the idea is that it's not coming back this year Right. So we're you said business travel. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that's not coming back. And that's a big portion of our business. And that's the highest uh, ticket, right, for business travel. Because there's not a lot of discount there. And there's a lot of people, and a lot of volume. Uh, our industry, hospitality, hotels, airlines, everything, they got to make up some of that through leisure travel. So yeah. customers who are just trying to book their vacations, you're going to see those prices are probably going to be uh, as if you were booking business travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the listeners out there, you're like, why are you guys talking about coronavirus? I thought this is about business, business, motivation, education. It's because it's all related. We're talking mm-hmm. about externalities or, or external forces. Real life situations. Yeah, it's real life yeah. situations. Okay, has an impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it impacts and affects a lot of people. And so this definitely does have a drive on the market. Yeah. And when we talk about this, you know, again, please go back and visit us on Spotify so you can hear our conversation last year about how, what the impact this has on the labor force. If you oh, think yeah. about the hospitality industry, you have a lot of people that vary in their stages of their career. Some mm-hmm. people are in entry-level career and they have aspirations to grow in the organization. And some people may have plateaued and that's where they are. And mm-hmm. some people are like, hey, this is my uh, side thing and this and that, but it still is driving revenue. So the important yeah. part about this is when you're thinking about your business, think about the external forces that may impact your business and how, and um, and the impact it has on it. Yep. 
and the so, unforeseen difficulties of that aspect yeah absolutely you gotta have a plan uh mm -hmm. to overcome these things you know it's it's great to say woe is me uh it's a mm -hmm. act of uh god etc and you kind of put it on that that you don't have to respond but you're in a business and right. you're in business to make profits mm -hmm. so you have to think about how do you keep that going and so with that sean how did you guys keep things going with that 90 percent decline did you see it stay stagnant 90 percent? call it for six months was it three or, or did you do things to kind of put yourself in a better position to compete the reason I know you survived it because you're here talking to us today. Yeah. Your organization is still around. So you did well, find a way to make thing, it. Our industry took that hit. Um, I think it was probably June when the entire industry, airlines and hotels, probably laid off or furloughed up to 50% of the staff. All right, mm -hmm. So that was on property, that was corporate. The airlines may have took even a harder hit. Um, so that was the first thing that really stopped the bleeding. Right, They made a conscious decision that um, with the reduction in dollars coming in, the dollars going out had to slow down. Uh, so, you know, our organization went to what we call the keep the lights on model, where it was really just enough of our teams really staffed to operate the day-to-day -day business and not really staffed to a point to where we're planning for the future. You know, a lot of times in traditional times, we're really planning for quarter after quarter and making business decisions about the future, whether it's development, whether it's um, marketing, whether it's, you know, for our cases on property and a lot of the different things that they do to support conferences, all that stuff is really, there's a staff in place to handle the today part of the business and the future part of the business. And we've just been staffed for today. Um, so that was immediately, and, and that was a surprise when we first went into this, I forget when we talked, I think we're, our company specifically, it was like the middle of March when we were sent home to that work from home model by june we were half of our staff and mm -hmm. with the expectation that um we're not 100 percent sure when they're coming back or when business is coming back but it's coming back um so that's been our saving grace and you know coming out of the year it's really just been a keep the lights on bare bones how do we do things to make sure the people who are staying with us right so initially it was um um geez what the um service providers, so nurses and doctors and other volunteers that we, we had properties who were set up to be able to support those folks, uh, people who were in situations where they were being displaced for various reasons. So we had properties stood up to do things like that, but it was a consistent uh, decrease in business for upwards of six months. Uh, Did you guys have to shut down any locations at all? Oh yeah, there were a lot of properties shut down. I think by December, we were back at about 90 plus percent um, open. I believe at one point we were somewhere around 50% of the properties just have to shut down, right? And it had to be very discouraging, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, what's happening now, and I, I think one of the executives in this industry a few weeks ago said that we're expecting to ramp back up, but now we're about to go into fishing in the same pond at the same time with all our competitors, not just for right, customers, right. but for employees. So think about people that work on properties right. or people that work at airlines. They're all going to back going back to work at the same time you know so that's gonna be another thing in my mind this is me theorizing that i think that um competitive pay i think pay is going to be more competitive in our space because we're going to be pulling from the same pond at the same time to do the same jobs right so that's also going to influence pricing that gets passed on to customers so you think of 40 to 50 percent of our business being business travel not being in place 
uh, increase in the cost to serve because mm -hmm. now to bring people back, potentially we have to pay people more so they don't go to other mm -hmm. companies, right? That's just gonna create this perfect storm. And they, they talk about inflation and this is how like the core of inflation in this industry yeah. could potentially start. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's and, very interesting. Absolutely. And you know, you heard that right here, folks, if you're looking for a career pivot and you want to know what industries are going to be competing for your time, look into the hospitality industry in a few months. Keep an eye out for that. You heard it right here uh, from the source that they're going to be in a place where they're going to be competing for talent. Mm -hmm. and, and competing for customers, too. That is a whole nother bag of, bag of cats because what's how do we compete for customers so when you think about when you talk about what we're thinking through for 2021 our promotional and marketing strategy is really our focus right now as we get into recovery how do we make sure customers when they come back to travel they choose our company versus someone else's um and a lot of it is candidly it's going to be price competitive but the prices are going to be higher right so we're naturally going to lose some customers who are more into that value play um mm -hmm. And then our other customers, we're going to get more out of them, but the pricing is going to be not something that they're used to. So we can't give them just traditional um, aggressive pricing up front. We probably have to do something more long term where we're getting them in in the competitive landscape now where the price pressure is kind of high, um, but and give them incentives to continue to travel with us uh, versus some of our competition. Oh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think uh, I'm a big believer in com uh, competition. Mm. I think it does drive a healthy economy. Absolutely. I do worry about things such as inflation. You know, there's a lot of news going around now with the uh, third round of stimulus checks. I, I assume it's gotten approved. Uh, but then you hear about interest rates going up and <clears throat> and so forth. And you just think about, uh, they also talk about minimum wage increasing. So, you know, having all these increases at one time, I think about, you know, what's the negative? You know, for every you know, action, there's an opposite equal reaction. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can outshine or disprove the laws of physics on that one and saying <laughs> that the economy can have a different <laughs> impact and we can see a healthier society. So with that, I know, I know a lot of this stuff, especially when we talk about economics, um, generational wealth, learning about financial structure. What is it that's important to you? What would you like to see um, if there's something near and dear to your heart about the community you came from? Last time you talked a lot about you growing up and and how it kind of shaped your life. And then one of the things you talked about was you took that opportunity to move. You know, you mm -hmm. took that big bet and went to Chicago. Right. Uh, given this environment, you know, putting a little personal touch on it, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, what is it that you think that people who may have a similar background as yourself, what should they be on the lookout for? What things should they be trying to do to make yeah. sure they're putting themselves in a position to be better tomorrow than they are today? Yeah, I um, personally, I've been working my mind around the thought and it's taken some convincing, but I, I think it's true that money is easy. It's not as hard as we were led to believe it is to get money. The challenge is that it usually requires some time and discipline. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of the situation, especially, you know, speaking from where I come from, the need was immediate uh, <laughs> for money. So if, to just really survive. And I think there's an opportunity for us to really learn how to make money over time and allow it to work uh, for us. We've been trained on this rat race to an extent, this hamster wheel of, you know, if you make it out, go to school, take all those loans, pay all that money to get this education that isn't worth as much as it was 50, 60 years ago, get a loan, buy houses, stay in that system where you're, you're paying for money from banks so that you can live this life that you think 
uh, that you want to live. And I think that I'm trying to break myself from that uh, mm -hmm. by educating myself on financial um, stability and becoming financial and financially independent. But there's a lot of ways, a lot of things that we can do a lot sooner. And the sooner we can do them, uh, the more beneficial it's going to be over time if we're able to invest our time and efforts in the right places. And I think that's a big opportunity. So society just needs a, a different mindset and a different approach to financial literacy. Literacy is what you're saying, you know. Yeah, I guess as as that they American dream. Say that again. I'm sorry. Say that I again. get scared. Like, do they want everybody to know? Because if everyone did it, I don't think so. Then, you know, there has to right. Be. It's like it's like who's gonna set the tables? Who's gonna right. who's gonna be the workers out there to to hold that that uh, system up? Or, right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's where I think, and I'm trying to. My son is getting ready to graduate college this May, undergrad, and I'm trying to reprogram him. And I blame myself because I spent. He'll be 22 in April. I spent 22 years programming him on the path of you know go to school get all your degrees it's just what's been handed stuff. down you know yeah you know, like I you said you blame you blame you blame yourself but you think about it it's it's just it's just that's just information that's been handed down through generations mm -hmm. you know especially you know not to pull a race card or especially our kind you know of that type of mentality and you know i i look at it as a side as a uh in an aspect of that's the great thing that you're able to stop that kind of generational curse and give some different value to your son to to lead a different path you know what i mean and all right and that, scary. yeah it's very scary you know and, and it but that in a younger generation that type of learning and uh treat uh uh treatment you see that the younger generation are actually pulling away from that old standard anyway you know mm -hmm. especially with social media coming on and mm -hmm. the big huge move of decentralization and all that you know TikTok, you know, so you know it's it's actually it's breaking the the strands of all that uh old way of thinking. Right. You know, so I man, think big up to you. That's what's up, man. You know, there's a transformation of wealth that's happening right now. Huge, bro. Just different industries coming online, you know, cryptocurrency as a, a a currency for everyone going forward or potentially replacing or yeah, Whether Brian, it, Brian always had an issue with the cryptocurrency. Huh? <laughs> Brian always had an issue with the cryptocurrency. That's good you brought that up. <laughs> My thing no, is no, no. It ends up being crypto or not, there's going to be some universal. Absolutely. Correct. No, no, I, I didn't have a problem with cryptocurrency. I believe in cryptocurrency. I was just saying, I don't know if it's time to pick one. Right. Because because oh, of yeah. how the, yeah yeah it's not just Bitcoin. one exactly exactly oh, no. you know I know a lot of people hedge yeah. their bet on Bitcoin and they're doing very well with that I'm not knocking Bitcoin I think there will be this form of currency out there but mm -hmm. where I get uh, hesitant of my hesitation was how does how do you have every firm take cryptocurrency without it being regulated the system really has to get you have to get fuck the system in order to do that and it's the mm -hmm. system the fed ready to give up that power you know you talked earlier about breaking that cycle and, and you know stuff about our kindness you know you think about it i was, wasn't going to say this but it's we're institutionalized in many ways people when you say that term they think about the prison system but think about the last word of that prison system mm -hmm. we're in a financial system a u.s-based system a governmental school system, system yeah. a school system well, it's, it's institutionalization that we're talking about is how do you break that and how do you have enough people to come along and help have that movement? Mm -hmm. And until you have that, we're just going to be stuck in these systems. You have to find those nice ways that you're thinking about how do you do something different? Mm -hmm. And, you know, before we close, go ahead, Tom. No, I like your talk on sustainability. I like 
you know, <laughs> I, I know what you generalize. I know what you're saying. Generalize. I get. It. <laughs> yeah, and and so when um, you know, I was gonna say before we close out this uh, segment, a part of this mini series. Yeah, I think it's really important for people to think about and use this time because we're in unprecedented times and you'll hear this throughout your lifetime. Every time it's an unprecedented time, but this is another one of those moments where you can educate yourself on something different to kind of buck the trend or the system. You know, you have the time right now. You can follow your passion and see how can you monetize that or turn it into something that is a business. You know, somebody talked about TikTok earlier. There's a tons of creators out there that have figured out how to spend all their day posting five, six, 10, 20 times a day and monetizing it. Right. And they're getting those ads through it. So, right. um, so th- this is that time to start thinking about things differently because this has turned the institution upside down. Mm-hmm. People are being educated in a different way. You're right. We were taught to go to school, go to campus, go do this and that. Mm-hmm. You're online now. So that's different. Right. And then, you know, before we close out, I'll say, Sean, is there anything you want to talk about you? What is one of the biggest takeaways you've had? Um, career-wise and or personal-wise on how to, you talked a little bit about how you're educating yourselves on financials. Is there anything else you want to leave the community with? Uh, no, for me, I just, I try to continue to learn and be, be a, I don't know what the term is, like a forever student or be a student forever, uh, just finding ways to better myself. And it's, it's been a, actually, it's been a good opportunity for me to rethink how I look at my diet and how I look at my health and wellness. Right. And I've really been taking time to figure those pieces out. And that, to my surprise, helps me through my day job, candidly. Like it's like when I'm firing on all cylinders, it's usually because I've eaten well. I've done some type of exercise. I've gotten myself prepared. My mind is flowing. My mouth is flowing like things are just going. And so just understanding the correlation between those two things of whatever you're trying to do to succeed you know how you take care of yourself mentally and physically it helps you be able to be focused and prepared for things like that so and absolutely my take one all right hey with that folks we're going to take a break here and pause on this mini series with sean tony and bryant uh, again, hopefully what you learned from this episode is not only a deep dive into the hospitality industry, but also how you can pivot and think about your life a little bit differently and then how it applies to your business. Remember, there are always outside forces that you need to be aware of when you're making your business decisions and thinking about how you're going to pivot your business. And then, you know, in times of strife or when things are down, like how do you find opportunities to enhance your business? Is there something out there that you can give the people that they're not getting today? And with that, thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on our next episode of this mini series. We're going to keep it going. And please go back and look at Get to Biz and uh, catch up with us. Until next time. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this segment. We would love to hear your feedback about today's subjects. Shoot us a message on Instagram at get to biz or email us at info at get to biz.com to stay up to date with all our future endeavors. This podcast is made possible by viewers like you. We hope the info given today encourages you to get up and get to biz.